Yeah, I'm still recognizable, though. If someone knew it was me, they'd be able to recognize it. Uh, Yeah, Mike, the the plastic surgeon at St. Raymond's Hospital, I think, did a great job with your face. I mean, rebuilt oh, you God. exactly the way that you looked before, which I think is what you, you said that you wanted that as you were going under. You said, please make me look exactly the same. People are after me. Yeah. I want to be yeah, recognized. Well, you know, after the Mori incident, um, the the people in the in the WPP uh, told me to get plastic surgery, and I did. But you know, I I'm actually pretty confident in the way I look, so I didn't want to change too much. But wow. I was very happy that they, that they they got rid of this mole here. That uh, that there was a there oh was you a got mole the Enrique, yeah, and they uh, they 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 just removed it. You had an Enrique so, Iglesias mole on your back, and you were so vain yeah, that yeah. you you wanted to get and that you got removed. rid of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I had to get. Listen, I, I can't be recognizable, so I got that removed. Well, yeah. No so one's seen me... Enrique Iglesias since he got his removed, so the logic is sound. It's flawless, absolutely. Yeah. No. So, Makes sense to me. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Now I'm unrecognizable. And yeah. Um. You guys saw the the what about Mo- Mori? What, yeah. The, the I, incident at Mori. First of all, I wanted to back up because a I didn't know what you were talking about there, and then also WPP. Um, <laughs> is what just for in case, program? in case anyone hasn't heard the previous 22 episodes maybe not throwing around acronyms yeah. for things that nobody has ever used not even Medea uses WPP for anyone not in the know you refer to that movie as Medea's witness protection you don't refer to it as Medea's WPP I refer to it as MWPP actually well, you are in the minority, I have to tell you. Yeah. Because if well, you go on the Medea forums, and I know you do, <laughs> that's my that's that's it's bookmarked on my uh, on my Lenovo. People are gonna have no idea what you're yeah. talking about. Well, I was talking about the witness protection program because, as you know, uh, I the am French current, don't like you. Well, the, the French, the flat earthers, um, various people that think I tainted their testosterone. Uh, there, there's a, a lot happening. Uh, at that one that uh yeah it wasn't wasn't great it's um, not people yeah. who think that you tainted their testosterone it's the people that you told testosterone was taint the taint yes. of of the the beast that testosterone yes. comes from which no one knows what it is nobody knows yeah. what the beast is but we just know that it makes good testosterone well, when I spread that around, my intention was because, I, I, as we know, Alex is running for mayor. He's, Hello. He's, his uh, uh, his enemy was one of the people that, that was at the forefront of the testosterone movement. My idea was like running the mill, you know, just dirt slinging and stuff like that. But it kind of blew up in my face. Um, so but the it dirt. didn't really go very far. Well, yeah, you, the dirt. you say dirt slinging. You were throwing grenades into uh, old man dirt's dirt pile. Which is, you know, a local landmark. I heard that he, he was... He does dirt, he does mulch, he does gravel, like any kind of pile that you want. I also saw him he carrying... He will provide uh, for you. Well, he was carrying a croissant, so that was out of self-defense. Oh, you you think old man dirt is in with the uh, the French? Can't be too careful. Well, you know, he. I did notice that in the Baguette District, which of course is the new you know, hip-happening uh, neighborhood here in Limbrook. With baguette about it. I noticed that, like that now mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. Old Man Dirt Outlet, 
which is like a small format, like very hip. Like it's it looks like a goop store, except instead of like jade eggs and stuff on the walls, it's just piles of dirt. Um, yeah. And old man dirt is in there, and I will say he does look better than ever. So he never he, he never looked bad. Give give the man credit. He's he's a looker. He's in there, and it's like kind of a like Sephora thing where he's putting the dirt on people and like saying, you know, oh, it's good for your skin. It's it, hydrating, which I don't know if that yeah. makes a ton of sense. But and yes, the reason I know about this is because I was in there because I am vain because you used all of our our FSA uh, account that we share uh, for your plastic surgery instead of mm-hmm. my plastic surgery, which was not medically necessary, but was emotionally office. necessary. Yeah, exactly. So I'm looking at alternative solutions, including yeah, but not limited to rubbing dirt on my face. Or, sorry, having old man dirt rub dirt on my face. That's a different experience. I agree with you. Yeah, that, that people pay extra for. We should yeah. go back, though. What is this? Speaking of um, old men dirt in the colloquial sense of like juicy gossip maury you said you were on i love it the maury povich i love show. it when you yeah i was on the maury povich show i love it when you break down uh slang using old man terms like colloquially colloquially referred to as i can't even say it i, I admire the talent. yeah because you're so um, i we get it you're young and hot now that your back mole has been removed <laughs> <laughs> I, you can't you can't even recognize me. you keep all- saying that you're gen z but i don't think that you realize how your tiktoks are coming across what do you mean by that i mean adam i don't know he's back down to two gray hairs that is true but and yeah. now you've so what you did i think was and you showed this in one of your tiktoks which is why i think that you don't realize the message that you're sending it was zoomed way in on the crown of your head where your three gray hairs were and then you you showed yourself applying the just for men and then zoomed out and then showed yourself coloring in with a silver sharpie the two hairs in front to do sort of like a skunk skunk streak kind of thing Except the whole time you were breathing incredibly heavily and shirtless, of course, in front of the mirror to show off the lack of mole, which without the context just looks like you're shirtless in front of the mirror. It seems well, fine. Yeah, no, I was breathing heavy because it was it was actually a very laborious experience. I had to I had to color in three whole hairs. That's that's a lot of work three whole hairs. You know, Speaking of taint, no. Okay, listen, hold on. You're, that's. <laughs> That's I feel like I, I would going. be more involved for a conversation this sexual. Well, yeah, I agree. We but do, I think I should stay out of it. The OnlyFans doesn't drop till till uh, only after fans, the campaign. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that that um, is our, but our anyway, big that, pitch that's to the on voters. The Barona zone. <laughs> that's the Barona zone. This is our OnlyFans. We yeah. should just start dropping uh, extra con. We should make an OnlyFans and just drop audio of more. <laughs> Everybody loves. Everybody loves Raymond episodes. Well, that was our big October surprise to the voters, and we th- we decided to do our own October surprise where we said, Alex, if elected, will launch Bar OnlyFans, which is going to be extra episodes of the Baronis Zonis with nudity and masturbation involved. Of course. So carrot uh, stick sort of like motivating people to to get out to the polls to get off to the poll that so to speak. Hey. I don't remember this. 
Oh no, we were we did this for you while you were uh, under in the hospital while you were getting your leg. Was it operated on? We all uh, got plastic surgery this week. Yeah, Alex no, got fired. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, look, these thighs don't lie. I'm I'm going after Shakira. And those are your, I will say, your most successful billboards yet. Those thighs don't lie. Where you're doing a deep deep squat. Yeah. It's causing traffic problems as people veer off to look at it, but it's... Well, you know, it's hard to drive with one hand, Adam. <laughs> as they're finding out. Yeah. As people are... As families across town have tragically been finding out. <laughs> yeah. A lot of broken homes coming in. <laughs> but that's okay. So I'm going to get to this damn mayoral's office. <laughs> So, Mike, you were on the Maury Povich show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's get back to that. Yeah, um, yeah. So, as, I did it just because, you know, we know that Limbrook is full of uh, various levels of, you know, retirees and yes. unemployed people and pe- other people that uh, would watch the Maury Povich show on the oh, regular. I see. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the, the election's next week. A- Alex has fired me as his campaign manager, so I don't need his approval to do things anymore. And so I went and I decided, hey, listen, going on the Maury Povich show to do a talk show would be a good idea just to promote the ideas. Yes. And as I was going on and they said that they had found my dad's and that was really weird to me because like I have a I have a fine relationship with my dad. He lives in another state. But, you know, it was it was I haven't spoken to him in a while. So I was like, oh. Maybe he the old, got a my new... girlfriend lives yeah. in Canada excuse. My dad or, lives are, in are Canada. You implying, are you implying that I don't have a father? Is that what you... Uh... I don't know. Well, it sounds yes, like you didn't before, but maybe you do now if if what you're... This invitation that you received is, is accurate. It sounds like you well, got I two. Was, yeah, I was intrigued. Monkey. Yeah, you noticed the plural. Yes, that's correct. Well, yeah, because um, previously... I was also surprised by the plural. You know, when you've been talking about your dad, you're like, my dad lives in Canada. He's really cool. He actually was on the team that won the Stanley Cup last year. And we said, what team was that, Mike? And you said, you know, the one that won the Stanley Cup. And we said, no, what team? Classic Mike. You know, you're always like, oh, my dad uh, started the second city and is really good at improv. We're like, we see no genetic evidence of that, but sure. Uh, Well, you see, he he goes to another school, so you wouldn't know him anyway. (laughs) But so I was, uh, I would, I was very excited to, to meet my dads i was like all right let's let's go i got very very pumped and i went on the maury povich show and you know i was like hey you know alex is going to build a raymond statue in in city hall we're gonna get it's gonna be awesome we're gonna get lindbrook swole again this is gonna be great and then he was like okay well we did the test and we found out that these <laughs> two are your segue. dads and they, <laughs> he was yeah he anyway, was not ready I guess they didn't <laughs> care about me he was clearly not ready for a political conversation. I don't understand why Maury would feel ill-equipped to deal with politics. <laughs> but at the same time, he decided to hard pivot. He was like, all right, well, that's not why we brought you on. We found that these two are your dads. And we wanted to hold this episode because it's very, very rare that a man has two genetic fathers. And so he gestured to the curtain. And he pulled back the curtain. And it turns out that the people that he brought out were Emmanuel Macron and Dylan from the Flat Earthers, the two people what? that we know, have basically put me into, uh, you know, 
the Witness Protection Program, the WPP. The double WPP. Yeah, yeah. It's twice. Yeah, wow. both times. And so I was shocked, and I was like, dads? And they were very angry, and I ran. Uh, and that's why we are not in Limbrook this week, if you guys were wondering. Yes, it's also to help out our friend Billy and his, Billy Joel, of course. And I thought we were getting a car fixed. Well, yeah, so there's well, a lot going on, Mike. Um, it actually was, it did work out. So I do want to zoom in, though, on the moment of you being told that these men who have been blatantly, you know, bloodthirsty for your death, uh, being told that they are your fathers and your immediate response to that was to look at them and say, dads? Like, no, you didn't think that maybe this was a trick. You you bought into it from the jump. Well, I saw Star Wars. Right. I saw Star Wars, and if there's one thing Star Wars taught me, it's that it's natural for uh, men to be, you know, have terribly <laughs> adversarial and abusive relationships with their father, as highlighted by Luke it's, Skywalker saying no and getting his hand chopped off. It's so, natural for men to find out that their biggest enemy is their father. It happens all the time. Well, Mike, yeah. I got a question for you. Did Did these two know they were your father the whole time, or did they just find out too? Um, well, I kind of got the sense that they were not interested in a loving relationship because, like I said, they immediately tried to kill me again. So I I oh. was – I'm unsure. Yeah. How'd they do it? Like in the classic style of – well, I guess this is more of a Jerry Springer thing of like grabbing the chair or like, you know, lunging for you and screaming. Uh, how um, did this go down? No. Uh, Macron came out said something in French while pointing a bottle of wine at me very threateningly and then used that bottle Which of wine end? to... <laughs> the, the cork end, the cork oh, okay. end. He so was pointing the cork at me. You, yeah. you didn't think he was maybe offering you like a celebratory... I know you don't speak French. Maybe he was offering you like, son, let's share some wine. And he was so excited that it came across as angry. No? No, I kind of get the sense that... You, listen... I, like I said, I don't know much French, but when in, but I can speak angry in every language, and he was very clearly <laughs> pissed. Not from not least of all because he immediately used the uh, used used the bottle to then turn around and try to sharpen the guillotine that he had on wheelers as he was pulling behind behind him. Oh so my God. He was yelling at what me in the, French. The you were going to get French Revolution. I was gonna get retro. That's still how they execute people in France. It's it's uh, it's it's part of why they they famously do not have a great military. Because the only way was, they know how to kill people is by guillotining them. Sorry. Yes. What was the size of the guillotine hole? Um, was it that he just didn't have a bottle opener and he really wanted to get that bottle of wine open, or was it no, that, was that small large. for a different reason? It was. Because no, I did see large. the footage. I mean, only clips, the clips that have been going around that you put on your, again, you put these on your TikTok thinking that they're showing that you're like this cool, young, sexy well, guy. Yeah. I was on TV. I can't just not acknowledge that. What are you talking <laughs> well, about? But the clip was so devoid of context. It was just a zoom in on this guillotine with the, a very small, the girth of this hole was insignificant <laughs> is the only word to describe uh, it. I, I, I assume he was trying to chop off my fingers. You know, like I said, apparently dads chop off their son's hands. Uh, I assume he was going to go one finger at a time. 
to right. it. But uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, he was the very song that upset. was underneath it, uh, you know, which it, it, it was original audio. It was you singing the song. You're like, you know, <laughs> smaller is better. Smaller yeah, is well, good. Well, they wouldn't let me post it without sound. Right. So I had to I had to sing something and so I decided to, you know, use Alex's campaign song to uh to to get it in the background. Yeah, that is Alex's um. campaign song, of course, you know, cuz he Alex is classic. A lot of different messaging coming out of Alex's campaign. It's a big tent, but small government is part of it. He really mm-hmm. believes in literally a small government. Most of the real estate being taken up by, you know, statues of Ray Romano. So, yeah. you know, small rooms where you have to like crawl. It's sort of like, um, I can't think of any examples of that, but it's sort of a small of room. When kind we of have thing. a small room, like, yeah. like, uh, yeah. It's like a pantry. Yeah. The pan- pantry. It's like a pantry. Yeah. Less so a, a normal room that is small than an abnormally small room is like uh in willy wonka when he opens the tiny door you know what i mean oh yes now i see what you're saying yes 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 that's right yes i don't know why i'm confused pantry closet bathroom half bathroom sorry so yeah i mean that was only half of it the uh dylan the flat earther who again i uh, got pissed at me after i played around the world by daft punk at at a flat earth meeting and um he uh, he then took out a frisbee and chucked it at me, um, and it was very violent because the, the, the frisbee was clearly weapon. very sharp. Yeah, exactly. the flattest <laughs> weapon. Yeah, listen, he's he's nothing if not consistent. I got to give him that. But um, and but yeah, I fled. The cameraman chased me, and the then uh, he chased you. Oh, with well, the you, camera. You've seen Maury. You've seen Maury when they say you are right. not the father, and they chase around the the woman with the camera as she's <laughs> clearly <thought> having <laughs> an existential crisis uh, and one of the worst and most heart wrenching and uh, and traumatic experiences of her life. The cameraman is clearly trained to get her on yeah. camera in tears. Yeah, they <laughs> well, use that guy to hunt me down. First of all, I thought that you were you said you were saying that the cameraman abandoned his post to run after you. To either console no, no, no. He or had the harm you. Okay. Did you not see the part two? I got like thirty likes. So no, because I, put up the part I saw two. the other the other clip that was going around of the other camera. Camera B was staying on um, Justin Trudeau, who was also there, who found out that he wasn't the father, and he did the dance. You know the dance the yeah, guys yeah, do on right. Maury when they find out they're not the father. Uh-huh. He did yeah, the dance. Yeah. Um, which that should have tipped you off because it's like you know clearly the most francophone episode of Maury to date as far as i could tell well justin and i left things on a good note he gave the speech in front of dunk this donut and then went on his way he didn't he wasn't pissed anymore macron was very pissed because as you know you promised, I promised him an him army the, the army the army <laughs> of fifty thousand and delivered five Sorry, i fr- I forgot. I forgot that this was the reason why they were pissed at me. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so much has happened. Yeah, I promised Macron the army of fifty thousand people, and then he found out that Limbrook was only twenty thousand people large, and yes. he got really pissed and wanted my head on a pike. Uh, hence the guillotine. <laughs> on the turnpike, he wanted your head on the turnpike. Yeah, exactly. In the center yeah. lane of the cars only lane on the New Jersey turnpike. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm starting to get the sense now as I'm explaining this to you 
that they probably weren't actually my real fathers. And <laughs> you'd think it might have been a they trap. They were laying a trap. It might have been it. There's a possibility that it was a trap. And I'm disappointed because now I still have to go to Canada to visit my dad. Well, I guess of course. I guess I'm still on good terms with Justin. He did the dance, so you know. So I could I could make that happen. You're going to Canada where you are going to visit your dad at you know what you have described as the world's largest mansion. And yeah. we've asked for pictures, obviously, and you you turn around and, and you go, hold on, I'm pulling them up in my photos. And then we see you opening Zillow. And for <laughs> location, you just put in biggest house, which doesn't come up yeah, with anything. Yeah. And you're like, hold on, hold on, I'm looking for it. And then I remember you- one time you just showed us pictures of my own house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you see, the problem is that it's so big that the iPhone camera can't get it all in. So I need to use Zillow because that's the only app. Right, that you has need an satellite imagery. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, sure. Um, we totally believe you. But yeah, it was, I would hope it, because I'm telling you the truth. It did work out, I guess, that you're on the lam again because um, you know, as happened last week, uh, we. The recreational was rear-ended by a semi-truck because we were parked in the middle of Sunrise Highway. So we, what we did is we had, uh, we can't afford AAA, but we did get AA to come and tow it to back to Madison Square Garden where we got it from Billy Joel uh, back to Billy's garage, which is where he keeps his vehicles, he keeps his, uh, you know... Various helicopters, speedboats, his, uh, obviously the down Easter Alexa is a boat. He keeps the up Easter Hey Google in here. Uh, the up Wester, the up Wester, the up Wester Hey Google. Yeah. Which is a very small, like Da Vinci style helicopter. Um, yeah, this is where he keeps his vehicles. He's got some guys, you know, who service them, and he said, no problem. Pull that recreational in here. I will have my guys work on it. It'll be good as new in time for the big campaign rally that we're planning for next week for Election Day. We're going to drive the recreational right up to the the um, town square, and Alex is going to stand on top of it and deliver the big speech. So, yeah, that's I'm right. I'm so pumped. I'm still writing it, but you, it's going to be awesome. Well, you only have to write a victory because you're you that that's how much confidence you should have. Victory speech yeah. only. The only concession speech that you're going to have to write is the one informing people of what concessions are available uh, through the side window of the recreational where Mike and I will be serving, you know. Um, What are we going to do? I was thinking hot dog, uh, testosterone hot dog. uh, Of course. Testosterone um, pulled pork. um, Naturally. Yeah. Impossible testosterone. Impossibly testosterone, yeah. Mm-hmm. Beyond testosterone for both, because you know subtly different flavor profiles there. Um, for sure, for sure. So yeah, he's taking care of it for us. But he did say that he himself, and this was a little bit of a disappointment, wasn't going to be able to work on it because he is holding a Madison Square Garden underground garage sale. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, which which that should be very exciting. Honestly, that's uh, 
I I can't wait to buy all of his little trinkets. Uh, like um. Well, his yeah, I think he uh he set up quite a few. I think fifty tables. Like it for Billy, you know, who is a man of of means and a long legacy of you know life in the music industry, collecting all these bits and bobs. It it looks like a flea market more than a a standard run of the mill garage sale. There's tables yeah, yeah, upon yeah. tables. Absolutely. It's uh. It's- beautiful yeah it's beautiful yeah, i can't i i uh he's got actually everything from his vineyard there i gotta make a choice as to what i'm gonna actually get i don't know if i'm gonna do um bottle of white bottle of red maybe a bottle of rosé instead i'm not really sure and obviously billy joel's vineyard is called uh for the longest vine nice yes that is what it's called so you know we've got of course high-end art collectors from manhattan here we've got uh you know regular joes like us from queens as well you know people are coming in it's great because they can come directly off of the long island railroad uh which Mm -hmm. we've got you know we're very excited about is a marketing ploy that we're doing a partnership with the long island railroad that we're doing in the last days of the campaign that we are paying out the ass for, sorry, out the taint for, uh, to Thank you. Rap, I'm just going to say, I don't know if that's much better. Wrap an entire LIRR train as if it is the body of Ray Romano laying down horizontally. <laughs> sleeping Ray. Yes, Sleeping Ray. And of course, because it's coming from Limbrook, it's replacing the LIRR line that is called... Oh, Long Beach, the Long Beach line, or the Babylon line. They both pass through. It's replacing yeah. the uh, the Babylon line, which, of course, we've paid extra to have them rename as the Barombalon line, which is not a great pun, but we paid for it. it's the only it. one we could think of. They were throwing yeah. it in as at a loss, honestly, for them. It costs a lot to change yeah. those sides. Um <laughs> No, but people I had are to coming go in, in with like a sticker to each. Uh, <laughs> to each and that was a great station. opportunity for you. You got to shake some hands, right? Yeah, with all the people that can't vote in the election because they don't <laughs> live in Limbrook. Once you it got that awesome. one yeah, stop out of the bit way, bit of an oversight. Yeah. Well, still, it's okay though. People see it on their way home, on their commute home. They look out and they're like, "Oh, Barone Balan," uh, and they remember. Now, of course, that only applies to the people who are stopping in Limbrook. But so, yes. I was going to ask how long? How long until the? So I, I do got to ask though. As much as this is exciting and everything like that, the election is next week. That's correct. Right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, is. this is this. This is very exciting. This is very nerve wracking yeah. too. I mean, the the very I, famous late April <laughs> election time. Uh, yeah. Perfect. Perfect for uh, for this kind of type of year. Yes. Yeah, excellent. It's taking place, obviously, on April 26th, which if you're into numerology, uh, 426 actually represents the letters R-A-Y, which is why we lobbied heavily for it. Listen, that all it's all in our favor. Well, you know, if, the, if nothing else, the, the, the strongest campaign move that we have right now is to is you know the podcast we should probably still record yes of course we should do a a sort of special you know pre this is our last big push to the voters so i think we should really Mm -hmm. make it count of getting 
Alex's name out there in case they haven't heard it. Getting him some pedigree. We're, maybe we even have in the break, Alex, maybe you even walk around here in the uh, Madison Square Garden garage, the Madison Square garage, and shake some hands, you know, put your name down, show you're like a good sport like you want some of this billy memorabilia you want you know what that that sounds good i'm gonna go do that i have these uh vote for alex push pins i'm gonna stick them on people's chests uh just around uh around here i think it's gonna be great yeah and don't forget to get your uh get your photo taken in the uh the standee there that is a recreation of the wall the living room wall of the house that billy drove his motorcycle through well Oh yeah! Look. At, oh, cool. I'm gonna go do that. Okay. Bye. That's you guys great. want anything? You want a Billy dog? No. Okay. Billy dog. I'll take a Billy dog. All right. So let's let's do this. Uh, let's do this thing so we can really advertise the yes. uh, that live stream that we're gonna be doing. So. All right. Go ahead and unplug, Ooh. Mike. Those. I. I don't think. They're not. I know they're like on stage doing sound check right now, but they're not gonna need those amps plugged in, right? Like that big yeah, plug over there that says amps. Just unplug yeah, that and I put the it. Lenovo in. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. That was and only a mild electrocution. That was better than usual. I'm proud of my. I'm proud of. Well, I'm that was the out. This. Let's see how the in goes. Ah, okay. Oh, that's okay. severe. Yep, that that was a severe one. All right. Well, the Lenovo's on though, so that's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Well, you're so you're mostly plastic now, right? So it it just sort of yeah. like arcs off of you. Yeah, even though they didn't change much, they did actually replace my entire skeletal structure with silicon and plastic. <laughs> that is correct. By the way, those, uh, let's just say I know your eyes are up there, but down there, looking good. Yeah, listen, <laughs> I guess they made two changes. All right, let's. Uh... All right, let's get started here. Alex, come yeah. on, come back over. Alex, did you get my Billy dog? No. Uh, hang on. They got mustard and ketchup and relish and... I'm uh, sorry, what else? Human hair. <laughs> I'll take relish and hair. I'll take just hair. hair, no bun, please. All right, three hairs. Carbs. One with relish, one with no bun. Uh, they're out of no buns. Dang it. <laughs> All right. Then never mind. I don't want anything. All right, never mind. Just just the two hair, one relish. Thank you. Wait, actually, Alex, can you get me a river of dreamsicle? Uh, God damn it! What's that? Uh, do you still have any river of dreamsicles? Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, they got some. Okay, can I have that and some uh, Vienna sausages? I mean, that one's pretty okay. obvious, but. Can I can I get can I get one of those and then a Vienna sausage? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He said no. <laughs> Fuck. He refuses to combine those flavor profiles. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like a like some kind of I don't know, some kind of some kind of morality thing. That's fucked up. There his tell him his standards are too high for a garage sale. Standards are too Oh, he's gone. He left. Alex, could you hunt him down again and get me an uptown swirl? Good. Good. Fuck, I'll go find him. All right, but first, come over here. We're going to introduce that. We're going to start recording. 
Welcome to Everybody Loves Everybody Loves Raymond. It's the longest running uh, Everybody Loves Raymond rewatch podcast in human history. Today we're talking about season two, episode 23. It's called The Garage Sale. My name's Adam. I'm here with Mike F. Hello. And mayoral candidate on the eve of his election, Alex Shear. Oh, wait, that's me. Hi. Oh, thanks for, you got you got the snacks after all. That's what that pause was. Oh, yeah, thank no. God. Oh, thank yeah, God. I got them. Okay, Here, so we are going to. for you, and there we go. We're going to try to eat these uh, snacks on Mike here, but uh, if. Ew, I don't know where he's been. I'm not going to eat it on him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. That is for the best. He is gonna. He did volunteer and has been volunteering pretty aggressively to do human sushi, but I'm gonna. I think we're gonna pass just this time, Mike. And don't worry, I'll cut this out. So your your dignity will be preserved. Um, Cowards. I just don't. I just don't like the white meat. (laughs) All right, you're missing out. That's all I'm saying. Taint. So we are going to be talking about season two, episode twenty-three. It's called "The Garage Sale," and uh, what do you guys say we take a break since we've been recording for about ten seconds and come back with our scene-by-scene scene breakdown of that episode? I say, hold on. I believe that. Don't don't get me wrong. I I trust our listeners, but we should also let them know right at the start that next week we are going to have a nice extra long episode ready for them, uh, commemorating the finale. Well, right about the end too, but uh, just wanted to make sure that you didn't forget about that. Anyway, okay. to the break. Perfect. To the break. I'm going to go campaign. Dictionary of Cultural Literacy, 1 to 600, Mike. 4. Okay, 4. Alex, 1 through 10. 9. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Brothers Keeper, comma, am I my? A saying from the Bible story of Cain and Abel. So am I my brother's keeper? Hey, bro. Hey, uh, hey, 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 hey. Are you hey. are you done with that machine, bro? I'm actually not. I'm actually still using it very clearly. Um, making a present. I mean, I think you... I'm sorry, what did you say? You're making a present? I'm making a present. What? Because you see, Dad, Dad was... Dad's been really bored recently yeah so i decided to actually make him something that he could use to you're making our dad a bowflex you're making our dad Uh, my bowflex for real actually yeah actually i am i'm also making him these two rocks that he can use as like a kind of a drum thing that he can kind of like bonk together but i'm also making him the bowflex that is a good uh, look. The first gift is good because you know how he loves to do foley work, where he pretends that it's a horse uh, running. Yeah, yeah. But man, you're not making the bowflex. You're just painting it, and I mean, I will admit the flames look cool. I'm painting it Dad's favorite colors. Okay, flames. Yeah, Dad's yeah. favorite colors favorite. are flames because he's you know a firebug, and we love that about him. He's tough and he's cool and we love him and we want him to get buff, but... Because we want him to be able to beat up all the other dads. I want to use, want him to be able to and believe that he already can, but thinks he should be able to do so more efficiently. Yes, but I want to get my swole on. Look, I've downloaded like nine episodes of my favorite podcast 
And what am I supposed to do? Like, do the dishes with this shit on? No. I need it to wait, get wait, pumped. Wait, what podcast is that? Hi. Uh, who who hello. the fuck are you? What are you doing Hi, in uh, our finished basement, bro? I'm, I'm semi-finished. It's nice. I like it. I couldn't help have heard, uh, that I've heard your conundrum. I was on my way to get a get some uh, funnily named ice cream, and uh, I, I overheard your predicament. I'm actually running for the mayor of Limbrook. My name is Alex Shearer, and I'm here to campaign here. I have a pushpin. Oh, oh wow. Too. If we yeah, weren't so swole, blood. that would have hurt. But that, that, yeah. yeah, that did that didn't hurt me. Well, I will just raw muscle. I will yeah. say. I mean, this is actually. I mean, Darius, you won't know this, but I'm a no. huge fan, Alex, of Everybody Loves, Everybody Loves Raymond. In fact, I've got all the episodes of the Baronis Zonis loaded up and ready to go once my dickhole brother stops hogging the Bowflex. Wait, hold on. You know, we know this guy from that stupid nerd show that you've Shut been up, listening dick to? Shut up, dickhole. Let him finish. Uh, hey. Yeah, we know this guy from that cool not too long show that I love to listen to without headphones in. Uh, yes, we're very direct and to the point, and we don't take too long. While I'm listening, while I'm lifting in the garage, I'm one of those guys who weight lifts with the garage door open and blasts music. Except instead of music, it's everybody loves. Everybody loves Raymond. Luckily, I can keep doing that because I just subscribed. Sorry paid a one-time donation to get lifetime access to the Baronis Zonis, which is an extra Dude. episode of Everybody Loves, Everybody Loves Raymond every month. Right, Alex? Yeah, that's exactly hey, right. How, you know, why don't you keep How much you give this corporate it? shell? How much did I give him? Well, I gave Not him enough. exactly, well, I gave him exactly as much as I wanted. Because you can pay what you want and still get lifetime access to the Barona Sonus. I gave him, you know, five bucks because I need, mm. I get my allowance from dad is $60 a month and I spend 55 of it on whey protein. 55? So I gave Alex $5. Wow, five whole dollars. I'm going to go buy That's some nothing, actually. I can't, I can't buy anything with $5. Well, there is one you thing. Buy, you probably buy more pushpins. You know? Well, there is one thing besides pushpins that you can buy with $5, like I did, which is lifetime access to the Baronis Zonis. And that uh, URL, Alex, by the way, what was that URL that I put in to get to the Baronis Zonis? Oh, that's easy. Of course, it is postfun.org slash donate. That's right. That rings up. Oh, and I've got it bookmarked anyway, so I can uh, keep donating of money you do. of my own volition because I want to, because I'm, I enjoy the Baronis Zonis. You know what, Brarius? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I got to say, this pushpin looking motherfucker over here. Hello. He seems, he seems kind of cool. I'm going to go to postfund.org slash donate right now and put in a donation just so I can hear more. Everybody loves, everybody loves Raymond. Hell yeah. Bro. Wow. Thanks, and whatever your that, name was. Darius. I'm Darius. And I'm Brarius. And we're brothers. Yeah. And we have a newfound respect for each other thanks to the Baronis Zonis. Wow. I would listen to yeah. a podcast starring you two. <laughs> hey, I got to go get back to my friends. We're doing a podcast. What?
All right, welcome back to Everybody Loves Everybody Loves Raymond. We're talking about season two, episode 23. It's called The Garage Sale. And the garage uh, sale. We're going to go scene by scene through it as we always do. But first, I want to know, Alex, what is your overall impression of the garage sale? It's okay. Uh, I laughed. I cried a little bit, as I usually do for Raymond. Um, it was probably in the upper half of episodes that we've seen, but it also, I feel like it's going to be one that's going to fade from my memory pretty quickly. Uh, I like the premise. Uh, I like, uh, I, I like like the, the humor between Ray and Robert and how like, uh, the family really didn't say any of Robert's shit. Uh, like, like little like jokes like that to just kind of like make sense in universe, uh, too well. Um, I had a good time with it, but you know, I don't have too much to say. Mike, yeah. I thought it was good. I thought it was. I thought it was a very good episode. I um really liked. We don't we the episodes where it actually gets genuine at points always stick out to me. And this is the first one in a while, maybe ever, that we've actually had one of those. Um, not ever. We've had a couple of those. What am I saying? But regardless, it was a very, very good episode. I thought that, um, you know, wasn't the funniest. It was funny. It had its moments. Would not put it as one of the funniest episodes we've ever had. At the same time, I thought it was thought it was quite enjoyable. Thought it was a nice time. So, yeah, I definitely upper half of episodes. Adam, your thoughts? I agree. I think there were a lot of very funny moments. I think the cold open, for example, um, the interaction. My favorite moment in the episode was uh, when they first arrive on Honest Frank's Yard of Bargains and Ray and Deborah are talking about uh, the, you know, broaching the topic of having more kids and the guest star behind them who we'll talk about um is like very obviously turning towards them and listening and just the uh silence that like creeps into that little moment and the beats that they take where it's like oh i wasn't li- i wasn't listening uh long pause and then ray and deborah like just walking away like i thought that was a really really funny that in was. this episode i agree, I agree. very that, very good uh you really was really only possible because we're you know bringing in these guest stars and moving outside of the family dynamic i like that this episode even though they technically didn't leave the property of the two sets that we spend the most time in brought the world to them a little bit um Mm -hmm. and anytime like we see them interacting with regular people it's always a, a recipe for a you know great awkward moment the emotional aspect of this episode, uh, maybe it's just because we're not parents and we don't get it and we're stupid and we should die in a hole, but I, I it, never didn't, forget that. it didn't hit that hard for me. But I felt like there wasn't a real like confrontation like we sometimes get. Like the, I'm thinking about like the piano episode where frank and or not frank ray and marie have like a real heart to heart about it and um just you know this sort of uh climax of the emotional conflict in this episode was sort of like eh, like they sort of decided you know not to decide i mean i i thought it was a funny way that deborah approached it of like reminding ray of how hard it is to actually raise kids but uh, it it wasn't as impactful for me as 
I guess maybe some of the parent stuff is is what gets me more. But mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. in all, I think it was one of the the top quarter of maybe that's general. Well, I guess we've seen like fifty episodes by now. I would maybe put this in the top quarter. Top quarter of fifty episodes is like twelve. Is no, I wouldn't put this in the top seen? twelve. I'd put this in like the top. What's le- what's more than a quarter? Like the top third, I guess. Okay. It's n- it's better than middle of the pack for me, but you know it's not mm-hmm. that much better. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So that's my long-winded explanation of how I feel about it. Um, any other thoughts let's before we? Di- okay, let's dive in then. Um, let's just let's just dive in. Let's piece. Let's break it apart. Why the hell not? I like this new Mike who just wants to dive in. Dude's tired. <laughs> He's tired of. The He's bullshit. hungry. He well, wants his. Uh, he wants his dog. Go get a. You, you, you uh, didn't bring me the uptown swirl, and so yeah, I I, I I I ate it. You you suck. I Why know. don't you get one of those brats with uh, tell her a crowd it on it? Not worth. No, it. that's there. Uh, that works. You think so? That's something. Okay. I think that's something. Um. Zen's a bar. I don't want one. <laughs> okay. Um. So let's get into it then. We'll start with the cold open like we always do. Marie and Frank are eating breakfast in their kitchen. Frank is reading the newspaper and he says, listen to this about something in the newspaper. Marie just... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Flat I refuses, forgot it started with this. Marie flat out refuses to listen to this. Nope. Uh, it's going to be something horrible, she says, but Frank reads it anyway. He shouts at the top of his lungs, Dear Abby, I am a 60-year-old woman who just found out that my husband of 30 years is also my cousin, and my husband knew the whole time. Um, I thought this that was very realize, funny. It was so funny. Oh, my God. Very this good. also made me realize that, like, Dear Abby back in the day is the equivalent of, like, being super bored and scrolling through the trash that is Am I the Asshole on yeah. Reddit. Yeah, that's like, what it is. That. Yeah, it's or ours or our slash of relationship advice or something like that, and just just to see how awful other people are, um, or other people have it. It's just I thought that was so funny, you, and then Marie's immediately interested. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, if you think about it, Abby, all of the shit that gets pumped into Reddit for you know the fifty years prior to that, Abby was at the other end of that ship pipe, so to speak. Yeah. Just Listen, God bless Abby, because I don't know how she shit. received all of that bullshit, because that's a lot to handle. Clearly. It must There must have been letters in there that were just traumatizing to read. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. she had a dedicated staff of, of people who took the initial brunt of that, but wow. She had many sub-Abbies, I'm sure. Abbots. Mm-hmm. Abbots. Not to be the confused Abby with people. Abbots, which were the monks that she had employed to be her sort of spiritual counselors after seeing they would, they, these they letters. They would pray for the traumatized abbots. They would pray for, for this 60-year-old woman who just found out that her husband of 30 years is also her cousin, and her husband yeah. knew the whole time. Um, yeah. Anyway, Robert enters with Shamsky as Marie is becoming interested in this, um, and she asks Frank, why did you read that to me? What, are you my cousin? And Robert pauses. That would explain a lot, and walks off. Uh, just I a great this little is scene. First. 
Yeah, this is a great scene. This is the first cold open, I believe, that we did not have anyone from Ray's family involved at all. I think this might even be the first one where Raymond doesn't appear. Is that so? Good point, Mike. Last one was Ray's house. Yeah, I mean, at least for at least for season two, uh, or the past seven episodes of season two, they've all been Ray and some other family member. So that's very interesting, Mike. Uh, okay. It's completely a Marie and Frank cold open. Um, this is also the first yeah. uh, one in I think three or four episodes where we actually got an opening. That like, is it didn't true. Just go straight to commercial. They that gave is up very that time. True. Yeah, but we see that opening, the anti gravity opening, which looks like shit, and we cut to the same scene, still in uh, Marie and Frank's kitchen. Robert has a coin sorter. A coin sorter makes sense. Checks uh, out. Yeah, that tracks for well, as he says, a uh, loose change. He's not a fan. Um, the Hermansons are having a garage sale. Find out that this is Ed Hermanson, which is a great name. Uh, it, that awesome feels fantastic. like a real person's name that they wrote into this. Yeah. Um, that, no, that that might be someone's relative that they gave a shout out to or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Robert says that they're having a garage sale. You know, Marie says, your father's been bringing home useless junk for 40 years. Frank says, you were item number one. da 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 uh, classic tit for tat. There tit you go. and tat. Marie says that they should have a garage sale. Frank doesn't want to deal with people until he finds out from Robert that Ed Hermanson has already made two hundred dollars. So now he's interested. Right uh, away. That's a, We're that's having a, lot a of garage money, sale. I will say. That's a lot of money. I will say, but I honestly for the would morning think that, too. Well, like, yeah. The, well, that's that's the thing that 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 uh, brought me up. It's if this is the first day, that's a that's a hefty haul for a garage sale. My God. We know that Frank likes to get up around 8 a.m. too. So, assuming. <laughs> Do we know it, these people's schedules that well? He has already? said in a previous episode, no talking before 8 a.m. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've got to assume it's 8 or shortly thereafter. You know, let's or say before. it's let's say it's 9. Ed Hermanson's already selling $200 worth of stuff, you Whoa. know, by 9. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. If he keeps yeah, that pace up, two hundred bucks an hour. Yeah, that's incredible. It's pretty he could good. Be making like sixteen hundred dollars a day. Uh, Ed's got uh, quite a bit of cash coming his way. Um, sure is. So once Frank finds out that Ed Hermanson has already made two hundred dollars by the morning, he's interested. He says that uh, he's going to have one, except he's going to have a yard sale because a yard sale is classy. I think I follow the logic there. Maybe that I don't. A garage is like, you know, it's where cars go and it's sooty and oily and whatever. Whereas a yard sure, but might I be beautifully pers- landscaped. Yeah, I get it, but at the same time, I think it would look classier if I'm if I'm on the outside and I see someone has three walls around a sales setup. I'm thinking that person has his stuff together. If I just see random objects thrown all about a lawn, I'm not thinking that. It is I'm true. I'm not thinking that. So Mike's yard sale, or Mike's garage sale, Adam is yard sale. I'm yes. with Adam on this one, Mike. You're wrong. Uh, shocker. <laughs> Feeling isolated? <laughs> I, 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 wonder, I wonder if I could count on one hand the number of times that people have agreed with me on this podcast. 
Um, I don't know if we've had that many have, disagreements. Have, has someone agreed with you on this podcast? Why don't you take a <laughs> take a hard stand right now, and we'll see if we agree with you or not about okay. anything. <laughs> about literally anything. Yes. Okay. Uh, King of Queens is inferior to every other sitcom ever made. I disagree. I have... what, what, what did I tell you? I like the King what? of Queens. I think it's a good show. Nah, I don't really nah, care. Nah, nah, nah. It's a Raymond knockoff. They stole Doug. Okay, well, let's compare it to... They did literally steal... The the, the character the of Kevin the was sucked out of the Raymond-verse and replaced. Um, mm-hmm. Let's narrow it down. Is King of Queens better or worse than Raymond? I will say... You're pausing way too long. You host an Everybody Loves Raymond podcast, Adam. This should be You host the longest running Everybody Loves Raymond podcast in human history. Do you even like this show or are you just doing it for your college? You know what? One star. <laughs> Three stars. Um, I, I, they're different. They're different because King of Queens is less grounded, I feel like. So I will say... On the whole, Raymond is a better show. However, I do think King of Queens has the potential to be funnier in certain episodes. Bad take. Terrible take. What is your take? What do you think? King of Queens sucks. Okay. Hard stance, Alex. You told Uh, me to take a hard stance. Oh, yeah. I've seen like like one episode, and I don't care. (laughs) All right, so I guess it's true. Nobody agreed with you on that one. That's right. <laughs> play, play back the Judge Debras. <laughs> play all the dun, Judge dun, dun, Debras. Dun. I wonder if I if I won once. Oh yeah, no, you true. won. Didn't you win one time? Won. I don't remember. We yeah, haven't done he that. Did. Only. We do them all the time in the Baronis Zonis. Uh, we are we are due for a Judge Debra. Send your Judge Debras our way. Yeah, send us a uh, send us a uh, Judge Debra. You know, an oppositional hypothetical to our email or instagram or facebook and we will do that behind the paywall um just for you yes let's let's get back to the episode though frank says uh that he will have a yard sale because it's classier ray enters at that point uh and i believe when he comes in he says has anybody seen my thing is that accurate or something to that effect i think so like it very very much like the most not, filler line possible yeah like literally just give me an excuse to come on this yeah. in, in this scene ray why don't you enter and say something has anybody seen my thing uh if frank immediately cuts him off announces that he ray and robert have until 8 a.m to clear out all of the stuff that they're storing at the house uh and ray says oh my god you're moving and the smile sort of creeps across his face uh, it was beautiful. Say, no, no, we're not moving. And he says, for a second, I thought you were moving, smiling, uh, which would make us so, so sad. Then Marie, we'll help you move. Yeah, Marie comes over and uh, kisses him and assures him they'll always be with him, and we have a beat. And then, yeah, he says, because I'll help you move. Uh, I thought that was very funny. Yeah, um, it was good acting on Ray's part. Yeah, I think Ray's getting much better from the pilot for sure at showing like these nuanced or like emotional like movements um instead of just being flat whiny ray that he was in the pilot um so we cut from there to 
the basement of the Barone house, which we haven't seen since Civil Wars. Uh, Frank, uh, it's full of boxes. Frank comes down telling Ray and Robert to move, move, move. You know, they've got to get this stuff mm. out. Frank leaves, then goes upstairs and tell Ray tells Robert that uh, he used to come down to the basement to hide from Robert. Robert tells him that he used to come down to the basement to hide from Frank, and Ray says that Frank used to come down to hide from Marie. One time, they all ended up in there together, and she locked them in to teach them a lesson because Frank shut off the water while she was still in the shower. Robert I feel like says, there could have been an episode just about this. I would have liked to see that comedy of errors. Um, Robert says, good times. Um, fascinating to think that they uh, literally, like, there's avoidant attachment, and then there's literally avoiding each other. So Yeah, that is straight up just avoiding one another. What a fascinating uh, childhood it must have been. Um, but it, it explains why they're so... Uh, familiar with that couch in the basement you know Mm -hmm. oh yeah no they know it well so uh good times so robert gets to work uh mike just wandered off i think he's browsing the uh the tables He, he he got too hungry he's going to get some food well yeah he's he's going to get some food but he's looking at like billy's fine chocolates the collection that he's got laid out here I hope he doesn't eat those because those are priced pretty. Yeah, pretty look, high. he's got a box of got box of yeah, he's box got of milk. Well, he's got you know obviously a box of white chocolate, and then he's got a box of red chocolate, which is part of Billy's unique you know special line that he's got mm-hmm. going with lint. Yeah, um, it's just it's just milk chocolate with food coloring, but it, we care. It works. And then there's it, sort of the does. random aspect of, you know, whatever kind of mood you're in tonight, different chocolate. Yeah, it's like a multi-box. It's two... Little sampler set. It is, yes, it's a, it's a... It's Joel's sampler. <laughs> I'm looking around. I don't know where the hell he went. Up, oh, I hear him. Up, oh, there, there he is. is. He's got chocolate all over his face. He's too busy. Why is he yelling at that woman? Mm. what's he saying some give me your chocolate oh but she paid for that oh he took it he took it uh, from here her. comes security oh no oh, wow mike's fast uh, i like sugar. how the security at billy's garage sale is all dressed up like different era billy joel's right it's fast oh look he got him uh, now oh. now security is eating the chocolate okay yep they tackled him to the ground they are just wailing on him with that uh, signed Liberty DeVito guitar. Uh, and not in a like cool shredding way, like literally beating him with it. Uh, okay, Ow. they're throwing him back to us. Hey, hey Mike. Mike, over here. How you doing? Those bastards took my chocolate. You have a little, you have a little snack? <laughs> I wanted one. I was hungry. I just said, oh. You're supposed to pay for it. Those are special. Yeah, come on, man. No, what are, we, what are you talking about? I don't got to pay for nothing. Billy gave us a terrible Winnebago. I I I deserve some of his chocolate. I don't know. That's that's bad garage sale etiquette, if you ask me. All right. And um, speaking of bad garage sale etiquette, yeah. So we were talking about the episodes before the episode before you abruptly wandered off. Um, so Ray and Robert are in the basement, obviously, and uh, 
Robert gets to work. He's unpacking the boxes or looking through the boxes uh, where, and Ray says that, you know, they should just let Frank sell everything. Like who cares about going through all this stuff? And until he notices a box, which has his hand Turkey from school in it. It's, he also finds his bug killing system that he invented in shop class. Can we, I we love this the, was cute. Can yeah. we talk about how Ray Romano does the single worst turkey impression that I have ever heard any human being make? I think you're gonna need to do it or, or approximate it for me because it, I don't it was know if it I was not like that. a like typically you talk to a person they'll do a gobble 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 you know they'll like gobble yeah yeah he did and just like just like moved it. He like, yeah, he just he didn't. It was it did not sound like a turkey. It was the worst thing I've ever. It was awful. It was awful. Fascinating. It took me yeah. out of it just because I realized that Ray Romano does not know what a turkey sounds like. Real Arrested Development chicken vibes. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> um, no, that's a good note, Mike. I wonder if we, when we, inevitably talk to Ray on this. Uh, show we should ask him just point blank hey do a turkey impression and see if he's improved maybe he learned it maybe he had to do it for somewhere in queens oh hey by the way baronis for april somewhere in queens comes out april 21st we are gonna go watch it in the theater together Absolutely, right fellas get excited yeah we're all gonna go to the regal limbrook one and watch somewhere in queens uh, and then report back on it. So there's your carrot for the Baronis Zonus. <laughs> okay, god damn it, let's get through this scene. Um, Ray takes out the bug-killing system he invented in shop class, which is two blocks of wood that you smack together. Uh, he, what does he say? Press them together until you hear a crunch? Yeah. Something yeah. to that effect. He wrote the instructions on the inside. The sweet like naivete of, of this, of like, you can imagine Ray at whatever age just being thrilled with himself that he came up with I a like way to get to around. I like to imagine yeah. he made this in high school. <laughs> he made this <laughs> in adult vocational shop class. Yeah. Um, For Carol. Did you guys do shop class? No, they didn't have it at my school. Well, I mean, I did like stage crew and stuff like that, so I learned some word word working mm. stuff, but it wasn't like it wasn't like a proper, you know, this is yeah. the shop, this is how you use this stuff class. I had a technology yeah. class that was kind of okay. like woodshop, but not really. All right. So, yeah, I had the same sort of thing, Alex. Um, so, But Robert notices that all the boxes say Ray on them, except for one shoebox, a very small shoebox. He take, opens it up, takes out a pair of men's shoes and shows them to Ray. Ray says, oh, your baby shoes? Funny. <laughs> He's big. Hey, yo, zinger. Uh, uh, and then Ray finds a teddy bear, Hector Von Fuzzy Pants, and he's overjoyed, but then he notices, he remembers that Robert's there, and he says, or something, Hector Von something. Uh, and Marie comes down. Uh, they ask her, why are you selling this stuff? Uh, she says that she needs this space for their father. She says she'll put a chair, a television, and leave his meals at the top of the stairs. Um good image uh you know whatever uh and then robert asks her about the shoes well, you know where are these what are, where are these shoes from marie says i got these for you for christmas 
Uh, Robert says, I never got these. And she says, oh, I must have hidden them down here and forgot about them. How funny. And just walks off. <laughs> How funny indeed. Classic. So did he just not get a Christmas present that year? Oh, I hope he got something. You think yeah, they maybe, only I, got him one pair of shoes and didn't I mean, it, it would else? be in character for that family. That's all I'm saying. Meanwhile, Ray's got like a six bicycles. At the age and, of 30 something. You know, a Nintendo, you know, 64, you know. I don't know if that timeline works. No, it came out in 64. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, it was the Nintendo 64. Yeah. Nintendo, Nintendo 1964. Got it. Um, Ray... We cut to Ray bringing a box of stuff into his and Deborah's living room. Uh, he says, can you believe, uh, you know, they want to get rid of this stuff. They want to sell this to any Zeke with a pickup. Um, Deborah is going to take some of the kids' old clothes to the yard sale and tells Ray to grab the cribs as well. They're going to, or the crib, singular? Singular. Okay. Singular. Grab the crib uh, as well which takes Ray aback and the this is where the plot of the episode sort of switches from this is a wacky family throwing a garage sale to now this couple is going to have a serious discussion about whether or not they want to have more kids Ray gets taken aback he says well yeah what if we uh you know I don't know and he doesn't he you know doesn't say it he's he very much hems and haws about it um but Deborah picks up on what if we have more kids? Yeah, sure, Ray. What if we have ten more and move into a shoe? Um, as she's, I thought, as she's picking up the twins and they're all three children are like draped off of her. Mm. I thought it was a very funny. Um, it was. That was a good <laughs> image. Choice. I also yeah. want to. I also want to point out beforehand. He's picking through the uh, the uh, the thing and he pulls out the the ashtray. We kind of skipped over oh, that, right. but I thought that was a funny the line. Ashtray of right. um i made this ashtray for my dad in 1969 by the way that's the year that the mets won their first world series 1969 um yeah thank you that's all i had to add that's the direction i thought they were going in but 69 came up and i was like ah, you thought it's you thought it was a mets themed ashtray i made very possibly i mean depending on what month he made it in if he made it october or later very it was blue you know you never know um that's true but um good the, point the line of um what was what, what was his line of my dad said ah now oh, i yeah. gotta start smoking and he never did i thought that was, did. that was just a funny uh, a funny line there and then in response deborah said maybe your kids will take up smoking for you or something like was that a good, yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. response to that um yeah so really short scene there are a lot of really short scenes in this episode mm -hmm. um we cut to what I described as the visual wonderland of Honest Frank's Yard of Bargains. <laughs> the great set design in this episode and great job of recreating the exterior of the house, I thought. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it can't be exact. It's on a set. But, you know, we totally get that that is the same house from the exterior shots. Like, absolutely great job. Um, I really, really liked that they built out this set for this. That's actually true. I never really thought about that, but you're you're absolutely right about that. We, yeah, Definitely. we haven't seen it before. We've seen the side, but it would be, I don't know, maybe No, what they about did. that time that Frank bent down when he was getting the mail? That's true. That's what this is oh. from. Oh. I wonder if they uh, uh, went to the, because that was season one, wasn't it? 
Yeah, season one. I wonder if they went to the house that they shot the exterior for for that. They must have because it's got the same brick. It's got it's got a lot of the same stuff there. Or found something similar enough for the shot that they needed to do. Ah, fascinating stuff. I don't know what that sound was. Sorry, that sounded dismissive. I do think it's interesting. Interesting, fascinating. Ah, interesting stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Um, Frank uh, is he comes up to Ray and Deborah as they arrive. Uh, brandishing a thermos he scraped the rust off of this thermos uh, and he is going to tell people that it was used by the pope uh, he said twenty dollars he says something to the effect of like you know the eye makes the sale or something i didn't write it down uh he says it, he's gonna claim it was used by the pope a guy walks past uncredited a guy walks past frank yells at him hey fella you catholic you like hot soup i love that line <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was a good line. I really did. I love the um, idea because like there's a lot of uh, you know various Catholic saint paraphernalia out there. Um, mm-hmm. That's honestly like don't get me wrong. There's a lot of prayerful experiences with it. I don't mean to shame anybody for it, but a lot of it sounds quite ridiculous. Like you go to you go to um, a cathedral in in uh, somewhere in Italy, and their claim to fame is that they they genuinely have on display Saint Anthony Padua's uh, left pinky toe, and that's just yeah. his thing. And I just love the wow. idea that they brought they grew it to the Pope has a line of thermoses. <laughs> Not a line, just his own personal one. Yeah, yeah. Um, what would your, if you were canonized, Mike, and, you know, you did a great job and everybody loved you, but they're going to let you pick, you're on your deathbed, they're going to let you pick one relic to leave behind to put on display. Oh, what that's would a it good be? question. That's a great question, Ooh. actually. Yeah. Uh, my 2014 uh, Honda Civic. Um <laughs> I just I have to put an entire. I just love the image, of, like a, so in a it's mall, an ornate stained glass church, <laughs> and then on display is a very modern car. Any car at all, it doesn't matter that it's yeah, modern. yeah, exactly. Um, Alex, what would yours be? Uh hmm. I, I I honestly don't think I'm going to think of anything better than a Honda Civic. Uh, I'd say probably like one of my pieces of art, but I'd also that's dumb. So probably like, I don't know, like a burger I didn't finish. Yeah, you'd go that route. That's, that <laughs> that's is funny because like they would actually do that. A ton of them are like that. Yeah, for sure. What about you, I Adam? Would probably, I would want to do like the body part route for sure. Um, don't say penis. No, I wasn't gonna. I was okay. gonna say severed head. And just, there are a lot you know, of severed heads. Animatronics though which I don't think a lot of them have. You're going to straight up Walt Disney this guy? And it would be like motion activated where you would go back, go by and I'd <laughs> tell you about my life. I'd be like, well, hey there. That Welcome sounds, to my cathedral. That sounds post-apocalyptic. I'm not going to lie to you. Straight up dystopian. <laughs> It'd be funny. It would be very um, funny though. Deborah is talking about uh, this bag of bibs that they have you know, charging a dollar for them. What do you think, Ray? Buck a bag of bibs. Uh, but Ray then abruptly brings up the topic. What do you mean? What What were you saying about not having any more kids? Uh, and Deborah says, I don't think this is the place to talk about it. And this is where we have this absolute ste- scene stealer standing behind them, beautifully framed of 
Ray and Deborah on either side of this guy who's slightly behind them. Uh, and he's, you can see him as they're talking, turning and looking at them like with one eye. And they both look at him at the same time. There's a beat. He's like, oh, I wasn't listening. Long pause. <laughs> and then Ray and Deborah just walk away. <laughs> just such a funny. Uh, it was so good. It was very, yeah. very, good. very well done. What yeah. a well-executed little bit. Tell um, us about the man. This, oh, almost as if you knew I was going to do this. I will you tell you do. about. What are you talking about? This isn't a surprise. Every time any human being on this show has a line, <laughs> you give us their entire IMDb page. Well, that is true. You do do that. Nick DeGruccio. DeGrucci. The Grooch, the Grooch was on Frasier, Saved by the Bell, the new class, the superior Saved by the Bell series, uh, and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, which, which Sabrina? Since the early one, the first ah, one. Okay. Um, he doesn't have a ton of IMDb credits, and that's because he has mostly been doing theater, uh, directing theater, acting in things. He uh, has directed a lot of uh, he's he's done off Broadway, and then he's also done like touring productions of shows like In the Heights, Guys and Dolls, Man of La Mancha, um, Company. You know, he's he's a pretty prolific theater director now, and Man. this this is more or less, I think, where he got his start, at least in TV. This is one of his few TV roles, and it's early, and I think he has Raymond to thank. For all of it. I don't mean, I genuinely am, am impressed by this man. I don't mean to make fun of him for it because he's clearly more accomplished in this business than you, I, or Al, or like anybody here will ever Speak be. Speak for yourself. However, comma, I love the idea of just some producer watching Everybody Loves Raymond, seeing this scene and saying, get that guy to do Man of La Mancha. I just, <laughs> <laughs> we want his directorial vision. Let's make it happen. Yes, I don't. I don't think it was immediately thereafter. I'm pretty sure there was 30 years in between, but who I, I, knows? I'm tr I love that you're definitely right, but I love that. That's I just have that image <laughs> in my head, and I don't want it to go away. Get me the Grooch. Um, Get the Grooch. I wish we had uh, watched this episode more in advance because I would love to talk to the Grooch. Maybe we'll reach out for the Baronis Zonis to talk to him at length about this scene that he had one line in. Um, I would love so, to see. It was I would a love very to see the funny Grooch. line. <laughs> the way that you brought your mic up to your mouth as you were saying, <laughs> I would love to see the Grooch. And then pulled it away just as quickly. It was very funny. <laughs> I, said, um, I said I'd love to see the Grooch. I don't know if that, yes. if that came across. Yeah, oh, it came across, but it came across as very sensual. I'd love to see the Grooch. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, okay, so that's the Grooch. Uh, Ray thought that since they hadn't done the snip, snip, snip vasectomy, that maybe there more kids were in the cards. Um Marie appears out of nowhere. Are we talking about having more children? Um, and Deborah, like, more or less immediately walks off. And then Marie sort of sidles up to Ray. Raymond, what did you mean by snip, snip, snip? And Ray says, great, now I gotta have that dream, and walks off. So 
Ray's subconscious is very suggestible, I think, and now he's going to be dreaming about, Mar- <laughs> I guess, Marie performing a vasectomy. Is that him. what the dream was? That was the implication, right? What did you, yeah, what else could it be? I don't know. And I, but I it, don't it was, know. It, it was, it was, it seemed like it was very specific. Like, ah, oh, the audience will pick this one up. Everybody knows that if you think about your mom at the similar time as a vasectomy, then you're going to have mother vasectomy nightmares. And I, you're going to have the snip snip dream. Yeah. I don't know. I've never had a nightmare about the snip snip. So I don't know. I bet this had like a 75% hit rate with the audience. Oh, you think like it was the that people, high? the people who are familiar enough with vasectomies. Uh, I assume that they bust in, you know, the American Vasectomy Association for this episode. Uh, do you think, do you yeah. think that they the had to censor the, the word AVA? vasectomy? I don't think so. It's a medical procedure, but I think it's funnier to to do snip, snip, snip. Yeah, true. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Vasectomy, Mike, is not a dirty word. Yeah, you say that. However, Would it you is a think- technical term. We it doesn't cost us anything to make T-shirts. Do you think if we just made a black T-shirt with white text on it that said vasectomy, people would buy it? I don't actually. I don't. I think that that would have a zero percent sale rate. <laughs> we have we have trouble enough selling our other merch. Why why should if you have a desire to have an ominous vasectomy T-shirt made? Send us an email and we'll make it for you. I it's, guess we will. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, it costs us nothing. <laughs> It's not, it's not like a, it's not a stance. It's literally just vasectomy period. Yeah. Uh, cut to Robert watching. He's got his eye on Mrs. Scarpula handling the cross country skis. Um, um. <laughs> Frank has him watching the, the sporting goods section. Ray asks if he thinks Mrs. Scarpula is going to be handling the, or taking the skis. Not uh, while I'm on watch. Not while I'm on watch. Frank approaches, tells Ray and Robert to bring out the sofa bed from the basement. Ray first uh, says, oh, old Lucky, and then appears to correct himself, old Musty. So Ray is definitely fucked on that sofa bed. Good for Old Musty. Good old Musty. (laughs) Good old Um, Musty. (laughs) Frank is uh, also planning on making an area for Marie down there. He... (laughs) This I thought was really funny. Uh, bring down her sewing machine, a folding chair, and a hot plate. She can stay down there all day. Robert just says, sounds like a sweatshop, Dad. Frank <laughs> says, she can have a little fan. Um, just the funniest image, I think, of Frank mm-hmm. thinking this is a good idea. Robert just deadpanning. I love it. Um, we cut across the yard uh, to Marie telling Deborah that she once wanted to have more children, but Frank wouldn't hear of it. Uh, she always wanted a little girl. Uh, in fact, she used to put Robbie in a little pink dress and dance him around the room. Um, what do you guys think of this one? It's interesting. When Robert finds finds it at the end of the episode, he's very... He's distressed. He's distressed. That's a good word for it. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if there's anything... I, I I don't know. I don't know how, how to feel about it. It was a different time, so it, it has, like, a different connotation, I think, than now when you'd just be like, whatever, you know? Yeah, I think that there are a lot of... There are, if my memory serves me right, there are a, uh, 
not a lot, but there are a few jokes that are very clearly transphobic. I don't think this bridges the gap of those very, very ex- like uh, no those other those other lines. So I think the joke is just it. It what's funny about it is more Marie trying to put Robert into this role uh, rather than. I mean, Robert. it's also it's it yeah. is also that of course Robert gets embarrassed by this by by right. uh, yeah or like oh poor Robert like that is absolutely a line there and it's also it it is also implied like ah that makes sense kind of thing of like the um you know Robert's a little messed up in some ways and I think that they definitely wanted to imply that there was a connect at least one kind kind of connection there. Um, Here's my question. What's what's the age gap between Ray and Robert? Two years, three oh, years. Oh, we just worked this out, didn't we? It's something in the three to five year range, right? Because okay. we worked out that Ray and Deborah were like thirty five, and Robert was like forty, something like that. Yeah, right, something right, like right. that. Um, right. Not no, it's just interesting because it's like, like I'm trying to imagine if like this happened before Ray was born. Which, if that age gap is as big as it is, then probably. Yeah. That's just interesting to me. I think also uh, another side of it is Marie having Robert and then immediately trying to replace him with the idea of a different <laughs> yeah. child. Like, yep. that's a funny aspect of it as well, of Marie looking at Robert and being like, well, you know, I can make this work and not even really, like... And, and sort of mm-hmm. like tossing aside whatever Robert is to try to fit him into this box. Um, yeah, I think it it is a, it's fraught territory for a 90s sitcom to make this joke and for us to look at it in 2023. But I, I think it is not intended in that, in in a problematic way, honest. I think it, the, the joke is Marie, yeah. not, Robert. Mm-hmm. So I th- I think it's fine. I think you're it's right. It's not it's not like the content of it is is as funny to me as the callback is from like a purely like mm-hmm. mechanical standpoint of right. this we is set more of a this setup. up and it and it paid off with Robert finding it and freaking out about it. It could have been about anything. And it hits so I think this threes, joke is yeah. fine. So, yeah, we've thoroughly unpacked that. Let's pack it back up and put it out on the yard. Um, Marie tells Deborah that she wants to, uh, Marie tells Deborah that she's getting up there and she should plant her seeding before the winter comes and everything freezes over. Okay. So she made that like insinuation, but didn't get snip, snip, snip. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she knows about what it's like for an older woman. She doesn't. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't imagine that the conversation of Frank getting a vasectomy ever came up. Whereas, True, or if it did, you know, got shot down pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> or no, no, they they can. I mean, do I spoil this for you guys? No, please they, do. Frank and Marie canonically fuck twice a week. Sorry, what? Yeah, that's uh, like one of the <laughs> big best memories I have from this show. I don't remember what episode out. it was, but but like it was like Ray had like an issue with the the amount of times him and Deborah have sex. He wants to talk to his dad, and Frank's like, I mean, I don't know, twice a week ain't bad. When Ray's like doing like once a month, he just walks out. Wow. I'm just kind of puts them in a new perspective. So, yeah, she tells Deborah, 
you know, you got to plant your seed before winter comes and everything freezes over. Then we cut to Ray and Robert carrying the couch through the kitchen, the sofa bed from the basement. It drops on Robert's foot. Uh, Frank comes in and tells them that he's got a rube out there interested in the sofa um, and uh, tells them to uh, to get it out there. Uh, and, you know, they're like, it's heavy. Frank says, what are you sharing a brain? Take out the mattress. Uh, and then he takes a cushion off of the couch to, quote, keep him on the hook uh, and does a, a little bit of business with it where he smells it flips it over, smells it, wipes it off, and then good to go. Um, the implication there being just, this couch sucks. This yeah. couch is covered in decades of must. Yeah. Uh, which is gross, but, uh, you know, the it's guy, accurate. assuming that this is the same guy we see at the end of the episode, he's all in. Mm-hmm. He heard about this couch, and he's interested. He's sold, he's sold. The idea of a couch Um, They pull the mattress out, and it knocks off everything on the table, uh, and Ray, frustrated, kicks the couch. Robert says, hey, don't take your problems with Deborah out on the sofa bed. Uh, And everyone apparently knows about the problems with Deborah. It's all over um, the yard. The Grooch Grooch told everybody. It's a Grooch, clearly, is the one. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Imagine walking around a stranger's yard sale and being like, you see those two? He wants more kids, but she doesn't. <laughs> Two other strangers. Yeah. You didn't hear it from the Grooch. <laughs> what happens on the yard stays on the yard. Um, it, yeah, fascinating uh, that word would get around, but apparently so. Uh, Robert says, you know, Deborah has a point. It's a lot of raising, a lot of work raising kids. How much help do you actually provide? What, what do you actually dick. do? What, a, what an ass. Good point, though. Ray comes home from work, wears dinner, you know? No, Good his point. point is valid. It's just like, how dare you be the one to bring it up? And that not is like also Deborah. true. It's not yeah. your problem. Yeah. Uh, Ray asks what he knows about having kids. In fact, Robert says, that's right. I'm just Robert. I don't have any kids. I'm a reproductive cul-de-sac. I love that line. That was great. That's a great. Line. That's a great. Uh, I'm going to steal. I'm going to put that on my uh, Tinder bio later, actually. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> nice. Deborah enters uh, and they sort of cut off their conversation and fold up the mattress uh, or try to anyway. Robert says uh, sort of semi under his breath, but kind of not really. I could still have kids, you know, which Deborah overhears. Uh, and Ray drops the thing on Robert's foot again uh, or his shin or something. Uh mm-hmm. And then uh, Ray and Deborah sort of turn away from him. Ray says that uh, uh, on the topic of having kids, Ray says he doesn't know that he's done yet. Deborah says, well, I am. And Ray sort of awkwardly looks over at Robert. Uh, Robert picks up on this and says, you know, I'll give you some some space. I'll just get this out on, on the yard. I'll fold it up. Does a lot of like physical business of trying to put the couch back in, trying to get it out of the way. Very funny physical from uh, physical comedy from Brad Garrett. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, and eventually he that well. he gives up and uh, oh, what does he say? It's funny, but something of like I'll just leave this here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Frank then pokes his head in to tell them that a woman just paid sticker price on the crib, which is upsetting to Ray, the crib, of course, being a symbol of Ray's children and and them growing up and, you know, not having more children or whatever. Ray rushes out. Uh, Meanwhile, Robert says to Deborah, uh, and Miss Scarpula's on your side, too. Uh, After everyone else has gone, uh, just funny. I don't know. Uh, We cut to then Ray on the yard rapidly approaching this buyer and telling her that the crib is not for sale. This is... She turns and she's clearly very, very pregnant. Yes, she's pregnant for sure. In fact, I think she later says, you know, I'm going to need this in three days. Mm -hmm. Um, This uh, woman is played by Susan Siegel or Seagal. I don't know. Maybe it's a Jason. Maybe it's a Steven. Uh, Susan Siegel, who was on Seinfeld, Ellen, The Nanny, Murphy Brown, Curb. She played a shocking amount of journalists in her acting career or reporters. Um, what's interesting? Well, this was also another role that she at one point said, "This just in." <laughs> well, she said it. She's said it twice. She said, "This just in." Then the baby was conceived. Then, when she realized she was pregnant, she said, "This just in." And then, when she gave birth, presumably off this screen, of out. course, this just out. That's right. So anyway, Susan Siegel and her daughter were hit by a bus in 2012. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. You hold just on. exploded you with laughter. Oh, that's going on the first? highlight reel. <laughs> well, hit by a bus. Like, she, okay, so she was on your, your factoids. Your factoids. If, me, don't get me wrong. She was on Every mm-hmm. Live Stream and she was on Seinfeld. She was a journalist in Curb Your Enthusiasm. She and her daughter were hit by a bus. And lived. She and her daughter. I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at the segue. She and her daughter were hit by... They were driving. They were hit by a bus in 2012 and miraculously survived. They were not... They thought she was going to be paralyzed. She was not paralyzed. Her husband wrote a memoir about it called Struck. Okay. Adam. Thank God she's We're never okay. getting this woman on the podcast. Oh, Susan, if you're listening, you're a hero. And so we're so sorry. sorry you had to go through it. But She is better than ever. Their marriage is stronger than ever. Like, it actually is a very inspiring story. And uh, let's put the link to the book in the description of the episode. Um because it it is a crazy story and you should read about it. But that's Susan Seagull or Seagal. Uh and yep. We got there. I just listen, come on the podcast if you aren't deeply offended by Adam. But yeah, that's Susan. Um and she does a great performance in this episode. I think she actually is acting again recently. Um so yeah, she's great. Um, and read that book. Frank uh, comes up. Ray says, give this woman her money back. And Frank comes up and says, all sales are final. Uh, but Ray insists on giving her a refund. Frank says, what are you smoking? Which, this line, I mean, I I hope this was the first use of this line. But, God, what, a, what an overused line in all media, right? What are you smoking? Or... 
what are you smoking? I'll take some. I'll have what it's it's like I'll have what she's having or yeah. that's what she said. It's it's like that mm. level of um uh, I'm just going to hope that they invented it for this episode. Um but not going to do any research on that. Ray asks how much she paid for it and he reaches for his wallet as Marie and Deborah run up. He's so invested in this woman not taking the crib that he's going to pay her pay his dad by way of her uh out of his own money um but the lady deborah and frank have to physically pull it away from ray who's pulling on the crib and of course marie joins in with ray which i thought was such a funny detail um until ray blurts out he says i want another baby and everyone is taken aback and shocked and he wheels the crib off picking up baby clothes along the way. And speaking of, Alex, I think you touched on the classiness of yard sale, or maybe Mike did in his anti-yard sale screed, um, mm-hmm. things all over the lawn. Like, there are literally baby clothes on the hedges, like, just strewn there. So mm-hmm. it is kind of a mess, I will yep. say. Super classy. Um, but Ray wheels the crib off. I like how and... he used the crib as a shopping cart. I thought that was yeah, the image that's of my funny. head. I, yeah, Listen, I, I I like this moment. This is this is a good moment. It is a great moment. As he exits, Frank says, that is one special kind of idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sort of off to the side, a woman comes up to ask Robert uh, how much for the photos of the cute little girl in the pink dress. This... And then Robert is clearly distressed. Oh, yeah. Robert is clearly distressed. This is Sarah Rush. Sarah Rush has 32 credits spread out across five decades from Battlestar Galactica in the 1970s to the middle in (gasps) 2011. She must be friends with Patricia Patricia Heaton because also she did a documentary in 2005 called The Bituminous Coal Queens of Pennsylvania, which was produced by Patricia Heaton and directed by her husband, David Hunt. Patricia's husband, David Hunt, who incidentally is going to show up on three episodes of Everybody Loves Raymond. Wow, that's awesome. Ooh. Yeah, so clearly they have a long uh, friendship, and that maybe the friendship started here, or maybe that's why she got this role. I would love it. Um, Either or. You'd love to see it. Briefly, because I do think we talked about this beforehand, I do think we should devote a Baronis Zonis episode to www.sarahrush.com. We did not talk about it on the podcast. We talked about it off mic. And I know. My God. We had a long discussion if, about Sarah Rush's want, website. Go, if you want to know why, go to sarahrush.com. We'll it, talk about it at great. length on the Baronis. We'll go guest book entry by guest book entry in, <laughs> I don't know, six months from now. <laughs> We have a lot of Baronis. We'll get there. Might, we'll get there. That might have to be a double uh, month Baronis. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's Sarah Rush. I mean, she's got obviously a long career and lots of interesting stuff. We know she has about 500 fans in Atlanta. Um, but we cut from that scene to the couch being in the kitchen. Ray is sitting on the couch. Deborah comes in to talk to Ray. Ray says... You know, he just wanted to stop and think about it for a second before, you know, swearing off having any more kids. Deborah says, okay, let's think about it. Another baby. We have three. Ray says the twins were kind of like a twofer. 
Deborah says, I gave birth to them. Believe me, we had three. Uh, funny, funny Ray, joke, funny joke. Yes, is funny joke. Uh, Ray is not saying that he wants more, but he doesn't want to say that they'll never have any more. Uh, and he... Because he hates making choices. He does hate making choices. He does. Actually, that's a great insight, Alex. Um, but he talks about how he liked when the kids were little and, you know, all that. Um, they... Marie... Blah, 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 blah. They liked when the kids were little. Um, and they reminisce about that. Um, and they hug. Ray and Deborah hug. And then Marie bursts in. She says, oh, my God. Uh she says, I'm happy you and Deborah are working things out, but please, this is my kitchen. Uh, Ray says, we're just talking, and Marie says, okay, but I'm going to be right outside this door. Um, which, I mean, I guess the implication is she has definitely caught Ray on old Lucky with a woman, a young woman before. I don't know if she's caught her, caught him there. But this definitely reminded me of like the high schoolers leave the door open when you're when yeah. you're yeah. that kind of thing. Of course, well, but he is in a parent's house. Makes sense. Yeah, and he's in the kitchen no less. So definitely don't want any funny business happening there. Good old sex. I, <laughs> I guess I just love the assumption on Marie's part of <laughs> that there Ray and Deborah are willing to or at all interested in having sex in her kitchen. Yeah. Um, it's just very <laughs> During a yard sale. They need to be discouraged from it. Um, but uh, Marie leaves, and Deborah reminisces about all the times that, uh, you know, they have a, a some baby clothes and there's a stain on it. It's from the time that Ray spilled medicine on one of the twins uh, because he was trying to give them medicine in the dark. Um, Allie sneezing on him with a mouthful of tuna, which was disgusting to me. Uh, is, that's nasty. And then said, that's gross. she says, think about it. More kids. And Ray takes a beat. Can we give back the ones we already have? So he is definitely brought down to earth here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes to put the things back on the table. Uh, Deborah says, you okay? And he says, I'm tired. And he leaves. Um, I guess just the thought of all the work that went into raising their three kids or, you know, raising to the point that they're at these three kids has made him tired and brought him back to the reality. Um, Deborah smells the baby clothes and, and sort of, she does some very like nuanced facial movements, like emoting that you can really see her like decision-making or a thought process like play out across her face, which I thought was some really great acting from Patricia Heaton, Mm -hmm. where you Mm -hmm. sort of see her thinking like, you know, maybe it wouldn't be so bad to have more kids, you know, thinking about not just the bad times like she was telling Ray or the times that were difficult, uh, but thinking about, you know, actually it was kind of nice to have babies. And she's convinced almost and is about to go talk to Ray. She says, hey, Ray, but uh, just at that moment, Robert comes in flipping through a stack of photos and yelling, Ray, Ray, please tell me we had a sister. What a great way to break the seriousness of that moment. I, Steamrolling I like the that idea. Serious. Yeah. 
I like the idea that Robert would rather have a sister who is either like estranged <laughs> or dead or gone. Yeah. Uh, than actually like like have photos of him in a dress as a child. That's very yeah. funny. Yes, you're right. I me. didn't put that together, but you're 100% right. Yeah. I, <laughs> that is such a good point. Uh we cut to then Frank uh, our cold, our, that's the end of the episode proper. We go to our hot close, which is the opposite of the cold open. Frank is leading Don into the kitchen, doing his best like salesman pitch uh, to show off the, the sofa bed. Uh, Don, is it, he says. Uh, Don lays down on the sofa bed, like floating on a cloud, isn't it, Don? And Don says, it's like a pole digging in my back. At which point the bed like mechanism releases and sandwiches Don in the folds of the couch. Uh, Excellent physical. Comedy. And we fade out. Don, to, Don doesn't try to get out of it at all. He just accepts his. He just fate. sort of takes it. Yeah. What is unfortunate man? He Joining says, the uh, ranks, ranks of Leo. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. I don't think he died. We don't see him um, again. That's true, but maybe he bought his couch and was a satisfied customer. We fade to black, and Frank says, you know it comes with a thermos. Are you Catholic? <laughs> um, still trying to move that thermos. Uh, Don is played by Richard Marion. He's a working actor, 41 credits, many 80s sitcoms, a couple of 90s sitcoms. Ones that stood out to me were like Charles in Charge, The Wayans Brothers, uh, and of course Raymond. Um, this unfortunately was one of his last roles before he died in 1999 of a heart attack at the oh, age wow. of 50. Uh, so he, uh, yeah, unfortunate. Maybe I should stop telling you how the guest stars were traumatically injured or died. Yeah, I mean, well, no, we got to get their full story, but um, it's true. I guess, I guess we won't be interviewing him. That's true. We're not going to be reaching. I mean, we do you can... know anyone who could do a seance? <laughs> We have interviewed the dead before on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. We, we could, let's get. Uh, let's get. I should know. Back here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We can reach out to the estate of Richard Marion and see if he wants to talk about how he was sandwiched in Ray Romano's old musty sofa bed. But until then, that's this episode. That's season two, episode twenty-three, the garage sale. Now Russia. it's time to. Turn to our classic barometer, which, of course, is the scale from 1 to 10 on which we rate Ray's performance as a husband, brother, son, father, uh, yard sale, stock boy, and all manner of other things. So uh, 10 is the great dads of sitcom history. You know, your uh, Danny Tanner, Uncle Phil, Carl Winslow, Mike, give me one. Uh, Phil from Modern Family. Phil from Modern Family, good. Oh, good Phil one. Dunphy, yes, yeah. that is a good one. Uh, and one being the bad men of television history, your Walter White, Don Draper, men who actively harm their families, Alex. Another example? Uh, bad person, you got it, come on. Bad. You said John Lennon last time. <laughs> Which? Which? A Darth Vader. Yes. Darth Vader is a terrible Good. dad. That's correct. Terrible father. Cuts his son's hand off. Excellent. Good. Um, so uh, let's start with Alex then. Alex, where is Ray coming uh, for you on the barometer this episode? He's coming in low. He handled all this pretty poorly. Uh, like, I, I get a lot of it was like the... Uh, 
the the like the yard sale people being like incredibly nosy and the family being incredibly nosy but like he just would not let this go i mean dude i get it's like symbolic but you could always just buy another crib true um it's it's just like i feel like he was just airing out his dirty laundry uh with deborah like just in front of a bunch of people and that didn't have to happen that's true and he had multiple opportunities to stop it and i feel like the discussion at the end did not make up for his behavior four whoa all right mike five and a half i just dis- i disagree with alex i don't think that um uh, he handled them well. He didn't handle himself great. Ideally, they would have talked about this beforehand. But I understand, given the emotional distress and the "oh crap, we're doing, we're we're making this decision now," uh, part of things. I, I I understand it. Yeah, he blew up. Yeah, he embarrassed himself. But I think he had a mature conversation at the end of it. I don't think he intentionally put Deborah uh, out there. I think he embarrassed himself, not necessarily the rest of his family. Um, as far as a lawn salesman, as you mentioned, terrible job. Did not, did, not good, did not do a good salesman. Did not do a good. Did not do a good. Would you like uh, to buy this grass? Yeah, lawn salesman drives around with a truck full of sod. Okay, well, this he, is a yard sale stock boy. Fine, whatever you want to call him, he sucked at it. Uh, he did not True. make any sales. Did not close any deals. Forgot his ABCs. Uh, so not not yeah. too great on that end. But um, overall, yeah, I can't really fault him for it. But I also, you know, far from an ideal circumstance. Five and a half feels fair. Okay. Um, I'm, you both make excellent points. I, I will say I do not, I want to dock him pretty severely for airing this dirty laundry on literally like on the lawn of his parents' house in front of 30 people, mostly strangers, putting, Mm. uh, Deborah in the situation where Marie is telling her that, uh, her baby fields are going to be frozen over um, and she should plant her seed. Like that is a, a messed up position to put Deborah in. Um, I think as a father though, like I, I do like the impulse in Ray to want to have more kids. Um, so I, I don't want to be too harsh on him for, for dealing with what is really a transitional moment in his life, in his relationship with Deborah, and his sort of self-image as a, a parent as well. Um, so I want to come in around, I guess I'll come in right between you guys at 4.5, which is not right between you guys, but is pretty close. It's the area um, on the side of Alex, but that's okay. When does anyone ever Which is correct. Me? Yeah, I just think it was, you know, have the conversation at the right time and don't, scream i want to have more kids as you're stealing back a crib from a pregnant woman uh just not a good look so there's a right way to handle this and this was not it okay well that brings ray's average score for this episode out to a 4.7 throw it on the barometer send it to limbrook you Yes, we want to thank the Will and Belinda Bates Foundation, no relation, for funding another envelope in which we will put these notes and send to our friends at Limbrook University, where we are studying together how Ray represents the modern man, circa 1998. But uh, until we are able to publish that report, we're just going to have to keep going, watching each episode of Everybody Loves Raymond in order, recapping it, rating Ray's performance on the barometer, all the stuff that we do that you love. 
next week. We and are next doing... week, just as a reminder, next week is the last Why? episode. You're doing the two-parter. We're doing the the uh, the two-part uh, finale of um, what is the last episode? The wedding. Um, yeah, I had this all queued up. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that you were saying we would be back next week. Uh, I just wanted yes. to remind everyone we have a nice thick sewed for you next time. So make <laughs> sure you come on down. Come on back. Delicious. Mm. Yes, we are doing uh, an unprecedented double episode for the season two two-part finale, The Wedding Parts 1 and 2, season two, episode 24 and 25. No other Everybody Loves Raymond podcast in human history has ever combined these two episodes into one episode. So look forward be to so that. so long. I want to die. But yeah, we're going to be talking about the season two finale next week. So come on back for that. And all will be revealed. Alex will reign victorious, I'm sure, in the election. Question we'll find mark. that out. Question no, mark. We'll next see. Week to find out. Who knows? But the polls are looking pretty good. Speaking of polls, by Ooh. the way, in the big wrap-up, you can, if you're listening to this show on Spotify, interact with us by telling us what you would give Ray in this episode uh, using the Q&A feature. So that's fun. That's a Spotify-only thing, though. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Barone Zone, and you can email us at Raymond at postfund.org. You can go to postfund.org to listen to the Baronis Zonus. April is not out yet, but we will be breaking down our experience of going to see Ray's new movie, Somewhere in Queens. So look forward to that. Um, otherwise, though, I think that's it, right? Mike, or is there one last thing to say? That is it. Well, there's only one last thing to do, and that is our classic sign-off. So thank you all so much for listening. Uh, please come back next week. But until then, don't forget that everybody loves Raymond, and, and we, we love, love-